Hi there. Thanks so much for joining me today. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you're here because you said when we gathered in your name, you'd be here. So we acknowledge your presence. We thank you that you are here. We just ask you to take over, teach us, prepare us for that day that we stand before you. Give you all the praise and all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, he's been talking to me about his return and telling me that my part is to talk about his return and to prepare us to stand before him. And you know, that could happen for you and me today or tomorrow, we don't know. And um, so whether Jesus comes first or whether we stand before him, before he gets here and we get there first, we have to, we're gonna be held accountable. And so he wants us to be prepared. He doesn't want us to come and then have to turn us away. Matthew 7, 21 through 23, he said, many on that day are gonna say to him, Lord, Lord, we did this in your name and we did that in your name. And he's gonna say, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. And I'm the one who says this in your name and that in your name, but it says, we cast out demons in your name and, and um, assorted things like that. And you can look it up and you should look it up. So anyway, that is a group of people who are calling him Lord. So it's not the group of people that don't know him, but people that thought they were right with him. And you know, I really believe those are the ones, if that's you, he's trying to reach you. Because so many people think that they are right with him and they're really not. And we're not gonna know that unless we ask. And actually, the rich man in Mark 10, remember Jesus said it'll be easier for a camel to go through eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, that's the one we're gonna talk about today. So Jesus was about to go on his journey and this man came up to him. And he said, what do I have to do to enter into eternal life? And that is Mark 10, um, 17. Yeah. And it, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? That is to partake in eternal salvation in the Messiah's kingdom. And then Jesus went on to say, and if I didn't say that was verse 17, and Jesus went on to say, well, you know the commandments and um, he said, well, I've been doing them since my youth. And Jesus said, there's one thing you lack. Now, first of all, I guess I don't want to get ahead of myself. I want to point out that he went to Jesus and he said, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And we need to do that. We can't just be prideful and think that we have this automatic ticket to heaven because you said a prayer. So many people are misled and they think they said this prayer and so they're going to heaven, it's their ticket. Some people just say, I'm a Christian and have never said the prayer. And those people aren't confident that they're going, you know, most of them say, I don't know, I hope so, and have no idea that it's a relationship. And some are overconfident and they think, yeah, I'm going. I'm going, I got this thing, I got this. And really they might not be. And Jesus is saying to us today, clearly, he wants me to make it really clear, you gotta ask. And so this man asked. And I think that he knew something was up with him, with him in his relationship with Jesus. I think he already had that feeling. And Romans tells us that no one is short of knowing God. He makes himself plain to everyone. So I think this man knew 
And a lot of times we know, but we just sweep things under the rug thinking God is good. You know, we hear God loves us. He does. But you have to be in agreement with him to live with him. He said, many of my children think they want to move in with me someday, yet right here and right now, they don't have time for me. They don't agree with me. They really want nothing to do with me. They don't obey me. And if we, we live in heaven with him, we have to be in agreement with him. I noticed in my own life, he's, he's getting things out. And he told me that in January, he was doing a dividing. And so often when he speaks to us, we just don't get it. We don't give it enough thought. We don't meditate on it long enough. And that's kind of what I do a lot. So I didn't know what he was saying. And then he started correcting me and testing me and, and just sorting through things in my life that would not fit into heaven. You know, you can't take anything with you when you go. It's just you. It's just you and the people that you affected. You're going to be the people that you were involved in their salvation. You're going to be rewarded for that. And so that is the most important thing. The most important thing is that you're right with God and that you are a witness for him. You don't want to be the blind leading the blind. You don't want to be on that wide path and then call yourself a Christian. And those who really aren't Christians, I just put that name on, they don't know what they're doing. So they're following you. And so if you're leading them wrong down the wrong path, down the wrong path, that's not a good thing. So anyway, we got to ask. That is the main point today that God wants to make. You got to ask. You can't know without him. Without him, you're blind. You can't know. You don't know everything by yourself. <laughs> you know, it just reminds me of kids, how they think they're a big kid and they know everything. And your teenagers, they think they know everything. And you already know they don't. And that's how God is looking at us. You already know that you don't know everything. So anyway, Jesus said to him, you know, the commandments, and he said, I've been doing them all, all my life. And he said, there's one thing that you lack. And um, it said, when he said that, here, he said, you lack one thing. And, and before that, it said, Jesus looking upon him, and this is the Amplified Classic Bible, it says that he loved him, and he said to him, you lack one thing, go and sell all you have, give, your, give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come and accompany me, walking the same road that I walk. And at that, the man's countenance fell, and he was gloomy, and he went away grieved and sorrowing, for he was holding great possessions. And Jesus looked around. And he said to his disciples, with difficulty, will those who possess wealth keep on holding it enter into the kingdom of heaven? And the disciples were amazed. They were bewildered, perplexed at his words. And then Jesus said to them, children, how hard is it for those who have their confidence, their sense of safety and riches to enter into the kingdom of God? And that's when he said it'd be easier for a camel to go through a eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And the disciples were shocked at that. They said, then who can be saved? And Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. And then he said, no man leaves houses, mother, sister, brother for the sake of the gospel and doesn't have a hundredfold return. So all the way back up to, I want to talk about before the man left, Jesus loved him when he told him the truth. 
And he told him to sell his stuff because his stuff was his God. And you could see that as we read. He said that his things were too important to him. Now, what if God asked you to give away all your stuff and or to sell it and give the money to the poor, give all your stuff away? How would that work for you? Would you do it or would you walk away? And would you even think of that on your own? You can't. Whatever you need to do, you have a personal walk with him. Whatever your God is, he's going to ask you to give it up. And I can tell you that from experience. I had clothes and clothes and clothes. And I sewed. I made clothes. And I wanted to design my own clothes. And I was brought up that way. And then one day I heard, I was sitting at my desk, and I heard an audible voice. <laughs> I've heard an audible voice more than once. It gets your attention. It really does. And it's kind of like stern and it's pretty cool at the same time. Anyway, I heard him say, give away your clothes. It'll be, well, first he said, it'll be harder. It'll be easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle and for you to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Give away your clothes. And I was shocked. I was shocked. When you hear that audible voice plus what he said, I was shocked. And I started giving away my clothes. And I started realizing they're way too important for me. It took me actually three days. And then I had 20 articles of clothing left when I was done. I had enough to wear. And I don't know how I got it all back again. But of course, I have lots of clothes again because he's good. No one leaves houses, mothers, sisters, or brothers for the sake of the gospel and doesn't have a hundredfold return. So anyway, I decided at that time that God was saying to me, that is your God. And you know what? I knew that. I already had that inkling, but I had no idea what to do about it. I didn't think I could do it. It was my worth. It, it was what made me feel good about myself. And he wants to be our worth. He wants to be what makes you feel good about yourself. And he's going to get you to that place if you let him, if you obey him. So for me, it was kind of like the rich man. I also remember a time where um, he wanted to get me out of debt. And he said, give, and it'll be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And I was giving away everything that um, he was telling me to give away, um, things I made, um, things off the wall. You know, um, I made this beautiful cross, I'm thinking of it, with all these broken mirrors on it. And it meant a lot to me. And it was a cross, and he asked me to give it away. So I gave it away. Nothing can mean anything to you. Because if God, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, that he is, he is the thing that you live for. He is the person that you live for. He is your God. And so if I wouldn't have given those clothes away and said no, we talked about my mom yesterday or the day before, he told her she had to forgive. If she would have said no, he would have said on that day, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. So if I would say, no, I'm not giving my clothes away, I need them, you know, it's what I live for, I have to have them, then he would have said, you know, um, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. This man was asking what he had to do to have eternal life, and he told Jesus no. He walked away because this stuff was too important to him. And I knew this. I, I knew this story. And so I was not going to give up my eternal life with him for some clothes. There was another time when um, 
my husband came home with this horrible truck that he bought, and I had quit my job because God asked me to and hadn't had the return on that yet. Um, after I quit my job, he did pay all of our debt, and we had um, extra money coming in, and it was just great. But anyway, before that, um, we had a pretty bad vehicle, and it actually quit, and we had $500 to go and get another car, and he brought home this piece of junk, and the guy that owned the car didn't take care of it, and anyway, I was a press, and I hope I'm not too much of a press anymore. But anyway, I did not want to drive that truck. It was really bothering me. And another time, that was when I heard an audible voice. I was sitting down at the beach and on a bench, and I heard him say, drive the truck. And <laughs> I think I was driving the truck, but it, what he was saying is, be okay with it. And uh, actually, I had counsel about that along with that. And so I was okay with it. And I just want to tell you a funny part of the story is then I decided to wash the truck. And I had it in the backyard. And um, I, I took laundry soap, you know, so much in a bottle and filled it with hot water and dumped it everywhere in the truck and scrubbed it and scrubbed it and then rinsed it. I had it in the backyard. And it was so cute. Oh, I thought I was going to get this done before my husband got home because I thought he'd be really upset with me for dousing the car. And all of a sudden, he's standing behind me, and he said, why are there puddles on the floor? Anyway, that was a cute story. And so I kept the truck, and yeah, eventually we got another car. And, um, so, and it was given to us because, you know, God takes care of you. I quit my job, and I stopped working in the world, and that's what he's calling us to do. That's what that greater work is, is to do what he's calling you to do, to use that talent that he gives you. And sometimes some of us, like me, it takes a little longer to get um, to the place where he's calling you to be because you got to have understanding. And so it's good to have understanding. It's good to have a good teacher. So and your experience, you know, the Holy Spirit is your, your is the best teacher, and and He knows exactly what you need to understand, and exactly God has a plan. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. He knows where you need to be, and so your dependence on Him, I just want to stress, is the best. But it helps to hear stories like this, I think. So that's why I share them with you. So anyway, this man was grieved, and he walked away. And as far as we know, he gave up eternal life for his stuff. Now, the other part Jesus was saying is, and then follow me. Do that greater work is what he was saying. He was saying, follow me. Do what I'm doing. Live the life I'm living. And that's what the disciples said. They said, we gave up everything to follow you. They were thinking, you know, this man had so much stuff, so much riches, and it would be a hard call for him. And God does ask you to do hard things. And yeah, the disciples left everything to follow after him. But obviously, you know, when you know Jesus and you see that life is so much more worth living than stuff, and that's how I look at it. I want him. I don't want anything above him. And I realize, and you have to realize that your flesh just likes to cling to things to feel better. And God gets to the root of whatever the problem is. You know, why do you have to have all this stuff? Why do you have to have a brand new vehicle? If you do, it's your God. God wants to just give it back to you, though, after you make him your God. He's going to meet your needs. He sees 
what you need. Your, your father is going to take care of you. But he doesn't want us taking care of ourselves because when we take care of ourselves, we work hard to get it, we go after it, and then it's too hard to get it away, right? Because you work so hard for it, it means too much to you. But if you just let God give it to you and just have him be the thing that means so much to you, then it, it's not hard to give it away if he asks you to give it away because you didn't work so hard for it, right? Right, he just gave it to you, and that's the way it's supposed to be. That's how his kingdom operates. Give and be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So first of all, this man asked, and you need to ask or you're not going to know. I'm sure he had no idea that Jesus was going to say, sell yourself and give it to the poor. He wouldn't have asked because he would have already known. It just, you know, and sometimes when God says stuff to you, it is hard. It took me three days to give those clothes away. Three days, I kept packing it up and packing it up. <laughs> and yeah, I had a lot of stuff, but it was just hard to let go of. But finally, when I did it, and I don't know this, how many years ago this was, but I did it. I also had a thing for food. You know, we got, we're messed up. <laughs> we got to get fixed up so we can fit into heaven. And he wants to clean us up. And, and he doesn't want us to stand before him. And know, knew what, you know, already have known what you, you were supposed to do and you didn't do it, you who practice lawlessness. And he doesn't want to stand before you, you just stand before him. And, you know, you say, well, I didn't ask because I thought I knew it. I thought I knew it all. I was prideful. He hates pride because he can't do anything if, you, if you're unwilling to listen. He's not going to force himself on you. And so that is the word that I have for you, is that he, he may ask you to give something up, and all he's doing is unchaining you. He's, he's taking the little gods away from you. And Satan, he's out to kill, still and destroy, and he is the one who tries to get you to cling to stuff. And Jesus is saying, you need to cling to me, right? And Romans 9 tells us that when we cling to him, when we believe he was raised from the dead, when we cling to him, when he's our everything, that is when we're saved. And so when you ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you, it's because you believe. And, and you believe that you're saved. You believe that he's saving you. By his stripes, you were healed, right? He bore your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your pain. He took stripes for your healing. He got on that cross. He shed his blood for you so you could be right with the Father. He was the final sacrifice. He was raised from the dead. And when you believe all that, when you understand he did all that for you, that is what gets you saved. And you cling to that. You cling to him. You don't cling to stuff. But when we get born again, when, when we ask Jesus to come and live on the inside of us and we don't have that teaching and we don't sit with him and learn from him, you know, and it happens to a lot of us. We just walk away when things look a little hard because we do have an enemy and he tries to get you to just walk away and think, okay, I'm good. I'm saved. I don't have to do anything. And you hear um, long-term mature Christians or should be mature say the same thing. I don't have to do anything. I'm saved by grace. But God is asking us to do that greater work and that greater work involves your talent. And so it's really not about going out and making a living. It's about doing what he's calling you to do and letting him take care of you. Live by his principles, given will be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And so Jesus asked this man to follow him, 
to do that greater work. And the man said, no. Jesus asked him to put down his stuff. And he said, no. And so you got to think about it. When you go to Jesus and he asks you to put something away or maybe love someone who isn't very lovable or whatever he asks you to do, you have to be willing to do it and know that he's just fixing you, getting you ready for heaven, getting you ready to where you want to be, where you want to be. So um, when you live in heaven, you got to be like him and his law is love and giving. It's good. It's awesomeness. (laughs) But if you cling to something, then you're going to be miserable because that is going to be your eternity. There is a heaven and there is a hell, and it's real. Either you're going to go to heaven or you're going to be going to hell. And if he rejects you, then it's pretty apparent that you're going to go to hell. And he wants us to know that ahead of time. He wants us to start talking about heaven and hell, your choice, what you're going to do, what you're going to cling to, what is your God, who is your God. And you need to choose him if you want to live with him. He's not going to force you to do that, but you got to make that choice. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If you believe in him, you're going to apply his principles. You're going to look at his word. He is his word. And you're going to go after him and you're going to ask him questions. The disciples were asking him questions all the time. They were. They, they, they asked what parables meant. They were asking him questions all the time. It's a relationship. God is a real person and you got to ask him questions. You do. And if you're not asking him, how are you going to know? If you don't ask, you don't have. If you don't ask, you're not going to know. You're going to be living in the dark. And um, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me, and then I'll show myself to you. So if you love him, then you have to be obeying him. And if you don't know what his word says, if you don't know what he's saying to you, if you're not listening to him, then how are you going to be able to obey him? And so how do I have eternal life, Lord? How can I inherit eternal life? That's what I want to encourage you to ask him today. Get on your knees and ask him. Also in Revelation 3.20, it says that if you ask him to come and live on the inside of you, and you are willing to heed his voice, same thing, then he is going to come and live on the inside of you. And so that's a prayer I want to pray with you right now, if you want. So let's do that. Dear Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you want to live on the inside of us. You want to be our God. You want to be everything that we need. You want to teach us your way. And you're asking us to lay everything else down. Just like that rich man, you're asking us to lay it down and to follow you and to be a part of what you're doing. To be a part of that greater work that you're calling us to do. To not live in the world on the white path, but live in the world making a difference. You said if we steadfastly believed in you, that we'd be doing what you're doing. And we want to do that. We want to lay it down. We want to enter into eternity with you. We want to get all the stuff out of our life that means so much to us. Clean us up, Lord. Clean us up. And for that person praying this prayer for the first time, I thank you and praise you that you would just make yourself real to them. I thank you and praise you that you would start teaching them and and just opening their eyes to all the things that um, are about to happen all the things that you have planned for them in their lives. Give them dreams and visions of all the good that you have. We thank you that when we follow after you, we hear your voice 
and you're, you're leading us, you give us eternal life. And so we just praise you and thank you for that. We thank you for laying down your life for us, for taking those stripes for our healing. We thank you that you came, that we could have life, have it to the full until it overflows. We just receive that. We acknowledge you, Jesus. And we thank you and praise you that you would help us in our relationship with you. Thank you that we hear your voice and then help us to obey you and help us, just help us with everything because we can't do it. You said we can't do it without you. We love you and praise you, give you all the glory in your name. We pray, amen. So he's so good. He's so in love with you. If you said that prayer and you meant it, he is living on the inside of you. Revelation 3.20 says when you invite him, he's going to come in and dine with you. He's going to hang out with you. He told the disciples that when he left, he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. They spent all that time with him. They fell in love with him. And then he was saying he was going to go and they were grieved. And he said, the Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to be your counselor, your standby, everything I was to you. He's going to tell you things to come. He's telling us things to come today. He said he's coming and we need to be ready. We can't be unprepared. He's going to remind us of the things he said and he will do that if you're open to him. And um, say you're about to sin or something, you're going to feel that nudge on your heart. And then all you have to do is oblige him to stop and say, help me. Help me to be like you. And, and that's what has to happen if we're going to live with him in the new heaven and new earth. we got to be like him. So remember John 1, 1 says, he is his word. So this is how you get to know him. And um, you want to do that every day. You want to get on your knees and just listen for his voice. Because faith comes by hearing the word. And it's so exciting to hear that word. It is. He's so good. He's so in love with you. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you.